Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder Alright man, happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween to you as well. Felt like a, a good reason to do a little bonus episode. We rarely do those over here on One Hit Thunder. Yeah, why not, man? It's the best holiday of the year. I, I like talking about Halloween. I like talking about music. I like all things evil, as I'm sure you do too, as a guy who hosts a podcast called Horror Movie Night. I'm sure you're into this a lot. For sure. And this kind of stemmed from, you know, we did an episode on the avalanches last week. Yeah. Well, real quick, let's talk about the ones that do get enough play. We did an episode about the monster mash. I think that gets plenty of play. What other songs do you think kind of get overplayed during the Halloween season? Any? Uh, thriller is definitely a big, yeah. big piece of that. Not, I wouldn't say overplayed, but definitely feels like it is a Halloween song for sure is the time warp from Rocky horror. Uh, gets mm-hmm. a lot of play. Another Michael Jackson one, Somebody's Watching Me, what we did last year is the Halloween episode, but yeah. they're few and far between for sure. I know you have a favorite that you've mentioned a couple times, and I love it too, Oingo Boingo, obviously, which doesn't get nearly yeah. enough mainstream attention. I think it's become a Halloween staple, or maybe it just seems that way to me because I listen to it so much, especially during Halloween time. I think that's the best Halloween song ever, but yeah. What you have some songs in mind that you think should get played, should be considered Halloween carols or yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say her- Halloween carols. I I was trying to play around with as many different genres as I could with this. Um, 
So, mm. so like, I'll start off with an easy one. You and I both love ska music. I'm pretty sure both you and I love the movie Shaun of the Dead. This is the first song that appears in Shaun of the Dead. It's got a creepy vibe to it. The specials, Ghost Town, I feel like is a song that should be played in every spirit Halloween as soon as you walk into it. think if i know that song i guess maybe i do it's definitely second wave ska it's got a lot of dub going on in it but it's got like this almost egyptian horn riff where it's like okay that sounds yeah it's 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 a cool it's it's got a nice chill vibe it was in the uh snatch that's how i first heard it actually was in the movie snatch i just think it's got a good spooky vibe yeah, I don't know my second wave ska as much as I probably should. You know, I know a couple of the hits, but uh, I don't go too deep. No, on for me, it's like the specials in Madness. That's like the most that I'll that yeah. I'll dip into. <laughs> hey, man, one I think of that I think would be such a good Halloween song, and maybe I hear a little bit this time of year. But dude, that "Cry Little Sister" song from the Lost yes. Boys by Gerard McMahon. That song is so badass, and I can't believe I don't hear it more during Halloween. Uh, so I've had not one, but two different run-ins with people involved in the music of The Lost Boys. So Gerard McMahon now records under the name G. Tom Mack, which is a ridiculous name. He should have stuck with Gerard. But he's been working on a Lost Boys musical for years wow! and I was at a horror convention where he did a full hour set of all of the songs that he had written for the Lost Boys soundtrack and it was a great time (laughs) yeah yeah, so that was fun but then I went to a different convention and the sax player from the Lost Boys was at that convention and I can promise you that I did not see him wearing his shirt one time the entire weekend. He was still walking around shirtless with his ponytail and his saxophone in hand for three straight days. Nice. Are you a big Lost Boys fan in general? I enjoy that movie quite a bit, actually. That was one of those, like, before I liked horror movies, I liked the Lost Boys. Like, I would, I think I think it's that, that Corey Feldman, you know, I love the Goonies, so I would, like, dip my toe into his other movies as well. How was Corey Feldman in so many amazing movies in a row in the 80s? And he was a good kid actor, too. How did he drop off so hard after that? I, I don't get it. He also became like a weirdly bad adult actor. Like, like I yeah, don't get it. He, once, <laughs> he had such a jump on the game. Yeah. Like, I, 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 it's so puzzling to me. He's still alive and, like, seems relatively healthy. Like, how is he? Yeah, how is he so bad after 
that string of movies. I, I don't get it. It's weird. I feel like there's a very thin line of like child actors who go on to be like really good adult actors. Like Elijah Wood comes to mind. I think Elijah Wood has like continuously grown as an actor, but he's also he's also got more riskier with the roles that he takes. He's done a lot of weird small indie films and stuff like that. I feel like Corey Feldman just kind of got caught up in doing like the cash in movies in the early nineties and like Like what? Not saying like he did these big Hollywood movies, but like he did stuff to pay the bills and when you do those films you're not gonna give your all and I feel like if you do enough of those in a row you kind of lose the goods a little bit because you're not like exercising that muscle anymore. You're just phoning I it guess. in for the paycheck. But yeah, such a talented child actor. I can't believe that his he wasn't harnessed the way that like you know Sean Astin kind of made a comeback. Yeah, right. Like he dropped off after being a kid actor for a while, and then he came back. It was like you know Lord of the Rings, and um, I mean, and even. He was on Stranger Things. I'm surprised they didn't, you know, bring Corey Feldman in for something like that. Yeah. Like Netflix is like, oh, we're going to do this thing that's a throwback to the 80s and we're going to bring Corey Feldman. But now he's the father. You know, like, how did that never happen? I also, though, I wonder because, like, Corey Feldman was very, like, at Studio 54 as a child doing all types of crazy drugs as a young kid. And I don't yeah. think Sean Astin and, like, Elijah Wood and a lot of those other ones who are still, like, doing good projects got into that scene. And I think he just became known as like, you know, he, he became a, a troublesome actor to have on set sometimes, but gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So, all right. so let well, me throw, I'm going to throw a deep cut out there. The specials was one of my more well-known songs that came to my mind. Oh when I was boy. This. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so no. we're going to go to tooth and nail records for a hot second. Here we go. So, so, <laughs> As I'm sure you know, or maybe you don't on it, when Christian bookstores were a thing, there would always be, you would find these albums and it would be like MXPX, right? And then there'd be a sticker on it that'd be like, for fans of Green Day and Blink-182. Like there was always like some type of, this is the Christian version of Blank. Sure. Few people know this, but Tooth and Nail signed a band who was trying to be the Christian version of the Misfits. <laughs> Oh, wow. Called The Deadlines that actually put out a great record called The Death and Life of Rock and Roll, which is like this heavy organ, like garage rock, very like uh, Question Mark and the Mysterions inspired like punk rock music. And most of their stuff was just songs about like zombies and vampires and shit. But the second track on the album is called Go Go in the Graveyard. <laughs> like this quick minute and 40 second song that's like a total like 1950s like beach party sound but it's about running away from zombies as they're coming out of the graveyard so how did a christian band get away what was what was their explanation that uh jesus was battling these zombies or how did they they got twist this they got like to make a Christian. They had like two songs that mentioned God in them. Basically, they okay. actually had to. It was really funny. I didn't have this version of the CD. Christian bookstores 
later demanded that the album come with a disclaimer booklet that would try to use biblical verses to explain the existence of vampires and zombies. <laughs> like, yeah, man, Chris, the Christian music industry is wild. We'll talk about that uh, on an episode later on this week, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> but how about you? What's another one you got for me? Well, man, I think that this entire soundtrack feels pretty Halloween, and I think you probably know where I'm going. But The Crow, yeah. like when I, that soundtrack, I don't know what time of year that movie took place, and it's been a while since I've watched it. That soundtrack's amazing. The song that kind of sticks out to me, which I didn't even really care about back at the time when it came out but now i'm like yeah that feels so halloween is the first track burn by the cure yeah. on that soundtrack feels like it really feels like when i'm looking out my window right now there's it's kind of gray outside there's leaves falling it's windy and that song just kind of matches that it matches this time of year in my head you know so i would love it if that became like a song you'd hear when you walk into a spirit halloween yeah no i think that, i mean you're right that whole soundtrack not only is that whole soundtrack uh very halloweeny man you should cover that as one of your classic albums on those after party episodes because that is arguably yeah. the best soundtrack of the nineties. Yeah. It's got that am it's amazing. It's got that great Rage Against the Machine song on it. Dude, the nine inch nails song, Dead Souls, so, that's a Halloween song. Yeah. Oh my god, is that a good song? So that's a good they keep calling me. <laughs> and that's so a Joy good. Division. That's a cover too. He's covering a Joy oh. Division song. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just learned I that, that for because we included that on. A, we did that Geekscape list of like ten songs that should be on your Halloween playlist, and we put Dead Souls on there from the soundtrack. And digging wow. through that, I was like, "Oh shit, this is a Joy Division cover." <laughs> Never knew that, yeah. dude. Joy Division is pretty Halloween. Yeah, too. <laughs> agreed, uh, agreed. Just, just in general, uh, what else you got? What else you got that you think should be a Halloween classic? So in the same vein as the Misfits, there's another pop punk band that is very Halloweeny, and I think that they're better. They've had an incredibly long career. I've always wanted to see them live. The Groovy Ghoulies from Lookout Records had a ton of great songs. Again, that like Ramones '50s rock and roll inspired punk music. Uh, and if I had to pick one specific song, you don't like the Monster Mash. I get that. So I'm trying to find a song <laughs> that's similar to the Monster Mash in the fact that it's kind of a dance song that you can play at a Halloween party. Matt, I, not to interrupt you, but you might want to check out the Monster Swim. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, that's for that's for July. Okay. That's for your 4th of July playlist. But a danceable song by the Groovy Ghoulies is actually, are you familiar with their song, The Beast with Five Hands? <laughs> Five hands, five hands. She's the beast with five hands. 
Uh, actually, strangely, I think, yeah, maybe it was like on comps or something yeah. back in the day, like on Lookout Comps. Yeah, yeah, because it's that's like a, another. It's like a little dancing song. I mean, it's a groovy song by the Groovy Ghoulies about dating a monster that has five hands, and it's like. Because she's the beast with five hands, five hands, five hands. And she's the beast with five hands. <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, you hear it and you just see like this. Like I always, whenever I hear that song, I imagine in my head is just a loop of the Scooby gang dancing at a party. <laughs> like, sure. like the way Hanna-Barbera would animate them just kind of doing this back and forth shuffle all the time. That's just playing for yeah. two minutes when I hear that song. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> There's so many of those bands that are like sh- straightforward punk rock bands that like kind of emulate the Misfits. And I guess that would be considered like horror punk or something. Yeah. I, I think that's like a whole. And, and I kind of hate it all. Yeah. See, I <laughs> I kind of think it sucks. I love it. I love them. I love the Cramps. Um, I love Harley Poe, which is like folk punk. But all of them just, every song is about horror stuff. And I love it so much. Because this is like the month that I listen to all of it. <laughs> you, you know, I, but that being said, I do think the Misfits have some pretty cool songs. I'm talking, you know, the Danzig Misfits, not anything after that. Uh, but I think those songs kind of stand the test of time. They're always fun songs to play if you're playing in a band with your friends and it's Halloween time. I see the appeal of them. And I'm not really a big fan of anything that was like super inspired by that, but I do have to give credit. And I don't know if this is necessarily underrated, but I do think that AFI has some cool Halloween songs. I mean, that was their whole thing like that. The days of the Phoenix song and total immortal. I mean, those songs are great. Their cover of the Misfits Halloween is the best version of Halloween. Yeah. Like, they took the Misfits thing and they're like, okay, well, we're going to add in really good musicianship, really catchy songs, uh, great recordings. And I mean, even go further, like, I don't go deep enough into AFI to even know, like, which album is which. But they have that song where they have the intro song that's called Prelude 1221. That's like a very, very produced track. But very Halloween-ish sounding to me, and it's pretty badass. I got I got to give it credit. I think AFI really, they've been around since I was a kid, and they were a skate punk band that then turned into a sort of uh, dark horror punk band or whatever you want to call them, but I, I got to give them props. Halloween is definitely their time. Is that your is that your third pick, or was that just a tangent based on what I was talking about? Yeah, that's, that's my third pick, I suppose. If I had to go with one, I mean... I guess like Total Immortal. That song's yeah. pretty badass. Yeah, no, they're all, I mean, there's so many to pick from. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. I'm going to throw one at you that I had already mentioned the video that we had done for Geekscape. This was actually our number one pick on that video. Did you know that Ryan Gosling had a band? I did not. So Ryan Gosling has an all-horror-themed band called Dead Man's Bones. And it's wow. it's him on guitar and vocals, and it's this drummer that he met at a party, and apparently they, they bonded over their mutual love of the Haunted Mansion ride and decided mm-hmm. to write a really spooky album of horror-themed love songs. But to make it extra creepy, they enlisted Flea, who has a children's choir in LA to bring his like 30 piece children's choir into the studio to do all of the harmonies to the songs. So it's got this very eerie chorus throughout the whole album, but the big song that everyone kind of knows of, if, if anybody knows a song on it, it's the song called my body's a zombie for you. My body's a zombie for you. In every way, shape, and form, this song shouldn't work as a catchy, good Halloween song. But it it does, and it doesn't make sense. And I don't even know how to describe why it's good. But obviously, like when you're listening to this episode, you'll hear the song playing uh, for a couple seconds, and you'll just be like, yep, that is a creepy, moody October song. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's cool. I, I don't know that. I didn't know Ryan Gosling even played music. If Flea's involved, it's probably... It could be pretty cool, or it could be horrendous. <laughs> We've kind kind of established that before. Yeah. I, maybe maybe it, maybe any bad Red Hot Chili Pepper songs aren't Flea's fault. Yeah, I would say even bad Red Hot Chili Pepper songs usually Flea's baseline is still pretty great throughout it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that's a good point. <laughs> a song that I wanted to bring up that I think should be a Halloween classic, and I know when I say the artist, you think I'm going to go one way, but I'm going to zag the other way to a song that you and I had discussed earlier this week, which I think deserves its own episode of One Hit Thunder on its own. But when I say DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, and we're talking about Halloween, you probably think I'm going to talk about Nightmare on My Street. No, I'm talking about the first track on And In This Corner, which is a song called Then She Bit Me, which is (laughs) such a crazy song. 
got to talk about that. This is almost what inspired <laughs> inspired this episode to begin with. It wasn't a single. It was just an album track on the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince album where the the hit from it was I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson, also a great song. Uh, but then she bit me. Dude, it's such a weird song that is like a dream, I guess. It's like a, a, a horror dream that Will Smith has. And uh, I mean, the standout verse on this is at some point he does a real hard rap, which is, I'm rough like sandpaper, hard like algebra. You should be glad that I was nice and I allowed you to step on stage to shoot your rhymes off. I tried to be nice, but it was too bad for softness. Now I say to hell with your opinion. When I say go from now on, this is my dominion. Are there any rappers that step on stage? Because if you do, I feel with rage. I'm a rage. I'm on a rampage. Psych. Just kidding. Jeff wanted to do that, but I didn't. I thought it would make the record dumb. I guess I wasn't wrong, <laughs> which, which is such a... A funny part, but it's just this weird, and it does have the. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got the Phantom of the Opera stuff going. Yeah. In it. Oh, it's so yeah. good. That it's, was on my list too. That's a. It's a must. It's a. It's a must. It's a. It should be a Halloween classic. Yet I think that me, you, and Steve are probably the only people that <laughs> that know that song. But dude, it's so freaking good. And uh, it tells a great story where every like there's a whole lot of like him telling a part and then being like, that didn't happen. (laughs) 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 It's it's really it's hard to explain why it's so good. But uh, I think it just comes from that era when I only had so many CDs and this was one of them. So I knew the songs on them really well. And you do in that rap. This wasn't on my list, but I also need to give a shout out. Maybe maybe put this on your, you know, Chris Fafaios Halloween party playlist. MC Hammer's Adam's Groove uh, mm. definitely doesn't get nearly yeah. enough attention in October, but that, another classic late 80s, early 90s rap song <laughs> that, that fits you do what right they want to do, say what they want to say, say, live how they want to live, play, play how, how they want to play. play. <laughs> At one point, he says that they slap a friend or something. It's weird. It's, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make a yeah, ton of yeah. sense, so, but whatever. So for my number five, Uh, I'm going with a modern artist who probably was like, there was a period of time where I wasn't listening to a lot of like current pop music. And then I got in my friend's car and she had this album on and it was specifically this song and it was October. So now I just connect this whole artist with October. Uh, Are you familiar with Melanie Martinez at all? She a country artist? No, she's like... She's in that like Olivia Rodrigo, Julia Michaels, like super hip hop influenced pop music type sound, like a lot of 808s and like heavy bass and whatnot. But she has a song called Dollhouse. No one ever listens. It's wallpaper glistens. Don't let them see what goes down in the kitchen. Places, places, get in your places. Throw on your dress and put on your doll faces. Her first album, she's only put out two albums. They've both been concept albums. Um, Her first album came out when she was like 18 years old, and she wrote all of the songs and performed most of the music, which is crazy for how young she was at the time. Uh, But the album Cry Baby is her first album, and it tells the story of an overly emotional girl who cries all the time, and she lives in an abusive family. Uh, She falls in love with a boy 
uh, but the boy instead falls in love with someone else. So she invites everybody over to her house for milking cookies, but they don't realize that the cookies have been mil- made with arsenic and she kills her family and all of the people in the town with the milk and cookies and gets locked up in a an insane asylum at the end of the album. It's a fucking weird pop album that's really dark, but the second track is this track, Dollhouse, which is describing her life in her family and why she hides in the attic and plays with the dolls in the dollhouse. And the chorus is just this weird, like, her whispering where it's like, D-O-L-L-H-O-U-S-E-I-C Things that nobody else sees And it just keeps like looping that over and over again And then like her explaining like How the dad cheats on her mom all the time And the mom just takes Xanax to like cover up the pain of being cheated on And the brother's always getting high and treating her like shit And it's just like It is an amazing song And the, the bass when it kicks in It's like one of those heavy bass over 808 drums which is the best thing to happen in modern music i think is just heavy bass with an 808 is two thumbs up love it gotcha Gotcha, man you love melanie martinez dude you should check her out i will i will i can't believe it's flown under my radar as someone who likes pop music so much which you know that even goes right into what what i picked here was uh you know, and I feel like she has a lot of songs that would fit in this, but Halsey Nightmare. I put here, like, she has so many songs that could fit in this category. So many songs that have, like, a dark feel to them, but I I love Halsey. I think she she's badass. She put out, I didn't watch it, she supposedly put out this new movie. My friend Tony actually sent me a link to watch it. It was one that it expired in like two days and I didn't get a chance to watch it. But she put out a film with her oh. new album recently that I guess is pretty disturbing. <laughs> yeah, she's always had that sort of dark vibe. Trent Reznor produced her new album. So nice. Definitely. Uh, I, I would probably I would probably go with that. I don't even know if Nightmare is the right song to go with, but uh Halsey in general seems to fit the season to me. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Halsey, full stop. Is there anyone else that like just didn't make the cut? Like I I had th- four other songs where I'm like, I wasn't sure, A, if they really should count, or B, if they were already kind of popular enough, but I wasn't sure if you had any first. Not really. I mean, any other songs that I thought of, I'm like, oh, this does get played a lot during this time of year. Yeah. Th- that's... Yeah. What do you got? So I so I'll I'll start with the one that I think actually gets played plenty, but I just feel like it's not famous enough is a Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, which is the song from Scream that you hear in like every Scream song. Mm. Threw this one on there just because it's one hit thunder. Would you count Pepper by Butthole Surfers as a song that's got like a Halloweeny vibe? I mean, he's just listing off how people die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all right I, I, i'll give it to you it, it, it's got a it's got a weird vibe yeah i guess i guess it fits in a similar vein there's nothing really spooky about it but um i always feel like novocaine for the soul by the eels kind of mm. has a nice octobery vibe because it's got that creepy little like music box sample playing in the background the whole time okay and then the last one i wrote down um is a probably the deepest cut that i have on here beck on the loser single. So when the single for loser came out, there was four B sides on it. And one of the B sides is a song called Corvette bummer. 
And I play this at, I actually will play this at Halloween parties because I like it so much. It feels very much in the same vein as Beck at that time. So it's like him rapping over a very drum and bass heavy track. But what makes it so Halloween-y is that through, do you remember when we were kids, there was those ghosts that you would hang in the ceiling. And if you like clapped, it would be like, yeah, sure. The whole song's built around a sample of that ghost. (laughs) So he sampled that ghost and then his DJ's scratching it into the beat. I'll probably play just a little clip of the ghost being sampled so people hear what the hell I'm talking about. But if you grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, there was not a home you went into that didn't have these fucking ghosts in it for some reason. Yeah, man. You know, this wasn't easy at all because there really aren't enough Halloween songs out there for how many Christmas songs there are for the, you know, the glut of Christmas spirit there is out there in music. There's not enough Halloween spirit. We need more. I'm tired of hearing monster mash and thriller on a loop during this time of year, but we'll be back uh, on Wednesday night with our regular scheduled one hit thunder episodes. Let us know if you liked this. If you did, maybe it's a, maybe it's time for one hit thunder to to have a Patreon page and do a couple more little bonus treats like this for y'all ears. Uh, let us know. Sound off. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. 
So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Okay.